Hi, I'm Dan. And I'm James. And welcome to the Cornwall Property Podcast, where every week we bring you the latest news, hot topics and guidance around the Cornwall property market. Stay tuned to be informed, inspired and to have any of your property-related questions answered by trusted local property professionals. Hi, welcome back. I'm Dan. I'm James. And we are also joined by our special guest, Mr. Tom Smith from Miller Commercial. Hi, Tom. Hello, hello. Hi, welcome. So, guys, if those of you that listened last week, thank you ever so much for tuning in. You obviously heard we had Tom with us and we have got him again. So, um, whilst we're here, we're going to milk him for what he's worth. Um, <laughs> and um, we've got a lot to milk here. We've got lots of information and questions. So, thank you ever so much. This is our Ask Dan and James episode, but this has got a special spin on it because we've got Ask Tom. So... Those of you who have sent questions, thank you ever so much. Absolutely. And um, remember, you can do that by going onto our social media platforms such as Facebook and Instagram. But like many of you do, you can send us an email, which is podcast at cl-property.com. And uh, we are here waiting to try and help. And Tom, in this case as well. Without further ado, we'll start with our first question that we've got, which is from Paul in Penryn, who asked the following. Really enjoying your podcast, gents. Pleased to hear it. I'm interested in a couple of commercial properties currently on the market, but when doing when working out the GDV, the gross development value, I obviously need to use a yield. With this in mind, what are the yields typically used to calculate values in Truro? Thank you in advance. Well, with Tom being a commercial expert here in, in Truro as well, which is get very to swerve this one. It's brilliant. Yeah, that's it. So again, for those of you who aren't familiar, what didn't. Um, listen to last week's episode where the heck have you been um but also tom here with tom tom smith is um a very experienced commercial agent here in truro and um we're really really fortunate to have him here with us so these questions have been picked out because we thought these actually steer quite nicely towards your your expertise tom. so could you help us with this one this one's for paul right um oh great question great question i suppose look, first first thing that i'd pick out of that um out of that question you know what is a yield what is a yield? People use different terminology to, you know, talk about much the same thing. And a yield is your, um, you know, in the most basic level, is your return on your capital. Um, a yield is not static. Um, it's the same as you look at any um, any return on capital, be that interest rates, be that your um, your return from a stock market investment or something like that. Um, a, you know, a yield will move with market conditions. Um, so there is never one yield that you would use um, because it is entirely dependent upon um, what the property is, where the property is. Um, it's yeah, it's made up of a whole function of things, and you know, I suppose in one basic way you could just yeah you pick a number out of the sky it's, and to multiply up your 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 level of um, your level of rental return, you capitalize up your rental return by using a yield figure um, to to get a capital value, which is. Quite a long-winded and not a very good explanation of of, of yield, but no, no, um, so yeah, so, so yeah, so strip it right back. So what is a yield? A yield is your return on capital. And why does he need to know this? Because essentially, okay. the yield is important for his end value, isn't it? So the commercial property isn't like bricks and mortar as such. Yeah. Commercial values are done on the the rental value of that building. Is that right? Absolutely right. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, your yield is how much rent you get um, as a proportion of what the the capital value is of the um, of the building. So like you buy a building for a hundred thousand pounds. You get ten thousand um, pounds in rent every year. Your yield is ten percent, um, and you know if there's an inverse relationship that the higher the the value of the property, um, and the lower the, the the rental return, you know the lower the yield. Um, but it's also yield is a really interesting one because actually it it sums up the risk of a property, mm-hmm. um, and I suppose 
again looking back at it, swimming right back to you know what you're looking out at, look what you're looking for from from a particular property investment. If you see that it is a particularly risky uh, investment or development that you're looking to do, then you're going to be seeking a higher rate of return. That higher rate of return that you want is to offset your risk of venturing down that uh, down that route. Um, so you might think, gosh, you were buying a, um, a dilapidated old building, um, but it has a tenant in, and the tenant's there for another for another ten years. Um, you might apply a slightly higher risk level against that, or if it's a tenant that really has no no financial background to them at all, they don't have any covenant strength. And we talk about covenant strength is, you know, how financially secure is a is a tenant in 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 that position. Um, the stronger the tenant, so let's pick a you know a gold plated covenant. You know, I'd always say one of the banks, but you never know. Do you? It's, uh, but yes, no bank is a you know if you had HSBC as your tenant, uh, you know you you'd, you'd probably put a pretty pretty mm. narrow yield against it because they're pretty robust. Pretty score, you know, pretty chances score. of chances mm. of going bust are pretty low. Now you have Tom Smith Associates, um, who yeah have only been trading for for four weeks. Um, and they take a you know a rent on a property. What's their covenant strength? Well, it's, there's nothing there. Mm. If you know, what's my chance of failure? Pretty high. So you'd think if you were sort of trying to appraise a property investment with HSBC as your tenant, as opposed to Tom Smith Associates um, as your tenant, you know you'd have quite a different yield gap between mm. the two. So coming back to the question, what yield would you use to um, to typically use to to calculate values in Truro in and around Truro? Um, and by that, yeah, you're looking at sort of, yeah, how do you capitalise up that rent? So, again, let's go back to really basic mathematics on this. Let's strip it right back. So, you know, there's a rent there of £10,000. You you think, you appraise it, you've been advised that for that shop or for that industrial unit or for that office, it's been appraised as having a rental return of potentially £10,000. Mm-hmm. Now you've got to look at it and think, right, okay, if I think I can get £10,000 out of this, um, what do I, you know, what do I want my rate of return to be? What am I, what, what risks, what factors am I weighing up there um, for this to, to, to get this ten thousand pounds level of uh, return back again? Um, and there is no hard and fast. Um, although I'm just wondering, you know, trade secrets. I might divulge a couple of trade secrets <laughs> here to you, but um, you know, as a really, as a really broad brush rule of thumb, if you've got a vacant property, look at what you think the rental return might be. Capitalize it, times it by ten. Mm-hmm. You know that's, but, that's that's a pretty good. That's a vacant possession. But the example I give probably Tom is that one that we just looked at last year, uh, last week, last week on the Lakeland. Oh, yeah. They, they okay. estimated a rental value of fifty five thousand. Their asking price was five hundred fifty thousand. Exactly. So clearly, yeah. then that that's the yeah. that's their finger in the air. In it's the air. you know it is it is hard to mm. say, um, you know really what it would be. But look, as a starting point, there we go. Ten percent return on a vacant promises. Um, that isn't going to encourage somebody to go in. They're going to have the, the cost of holding it void for a certain um, amount of time. Um, you know, the, the cost and the risk of actually getting it less. Um, any works they might have to do to actually get it less. Any incentives they're going to have to offer a tenant to come and take it. You weigh all these things up um, when you're looking at what your what your rent might be. Now, however, looking at a different part of the market, if you look at the industrial market, um, which in the last four years, the industrial market in Cornwall, but also nationwide, has really rocketed ahead. And this is small grassroots businesses that are doing really well. Uh, they're looking for industrial units. Uh, this is the logistics market, um, which is coupled with the slight decline in high street retail, has seen a sort of a, a you know a, a response in the industrial market because people are buying online, therefore more warehousing is needed, um, last mile um, destinations for the logistics companies to, to use. Um, 
storage for anybody who's an online retailer. You don't need a shop. If you're selling online, what you need is a, is a warehouse for some of your stock and an internet line and off you go. So that you know, so the the industrial market has uh, has performed incredibly well nationally and locally um, in in the last few years. So you might actually apply a slightly tighter yield there, because yeah. actually you know the, the strength in the market is such mm. that you could you could say, well, actually, look, if I'm, even if I'm looking at a vacant possession value of an industrial unit, it's it's better than ten percent. Is it nine percent? Is it eight and a half percent? Yes, possibly. But you know, again, this is, goes back to the conversations we had last time about being prudent about mm. it and don't just automatically assume that. Just because it's an industrial unit in a good location, It'll fly off the shelves. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, it still sometimes staggers me that we've got incredibly good product, but for some reason we can't shift it. Sticking, yeah. and, and yeah, and you know, it always baffles me. I'm always trying to find a reason why. I'm always analysing, you know, what, you know, what are we doing? Have we done something wrong? Are we, you know, should we be doing something else to actually uh, uh, to get a property let? Um, and sometimes there is no rhyme nor reason. It is. It's just one of those things. No, no, really helpful. That's no, really, really helpful. And I think some really valid points in there, actually. And I couldn't get put it back myself on. Um, but no, I think <laughs> and, and for for Paul there to take away in terms of you've got real life examples there. And what my advice also would be just to, to add to Tom's great explanation there. And thank you, Tom. Um, would be look at what's on there now. Look at what's on the market currently, and look at the values that we input with these properties. So, for example, when you've got a property that uh, a commercial property that's on the market, generally you'll see on the advert or the brochure will tell you what the the rent is uh, currently being achieved or projected achieved rent will be. Well, look at that, then work out what they're currently asking for, and then do the calculation there. Simply, well, what what are they timesing that by? What and that will give you a bit of an idea. Now, whatever the timesing by, I probably times it by slightly less just to cover my backside and be a bit more risk averse um, and a bit more contingent, but. Hopefully, just just do. You need to do homework. Um, obviously, Tom's just given us a great example as to what yield is and why it's important and where you've got to be careful. And it is, so it it always comes out to that really frustrating comment. Really, is it? It depends. <laughs> it, it depends. It depends on the type of property. It depends where your location is. It depends on the time of year it is potentially on the type of property. It, it really does depend. But um, I think yeah, do your homework. Do some comparisons. What James and I would do simply if we didn't have the likes of Tom, we would just look at what's on the market now, where those figures are. We gave that Lakeland shop in Truro example. They're asking fifty five. They sorry, they they believe it's a fifty five thousand pound per annum rental income. Well, they've given a they've slapped a price tag on it at fifty five thousand pounds. Well, look, there's your little rule of thumb. Well, I wouldn't times it by ten. I'd probably times it by eight just to cover my backside. Um, just to be really contingent, maybe. But again, hopefully that helps, Paul. And um, thank you ever so much, Tom. Really, really helpful. I know. Is there anything you'd want to add on James at all? Or? No, I think you've covered everything. <clears throat> Great answers uh, by yourself as well, Dan. But uh, I'd also say, you know, just look at the uh, the lease side of things as well. Because although you might be having 55,000, um, you know, per year, but how long is that for? Is that for a three year, five year, 10 year? And I think we are in a market at the moment where people might be like that Lakeland one. They might be sort of thinking, oh, I don't really want to sign up to a 10 year. That's quite a, a substantial amount of money for that period. So you might be having slightly lesser lease is uh, coming to play but just just weigh that up how those yields are going to affect and correct me if i'm wrong but the the lesser the, the the least amount of time that lease is the least value that property is has yeah that's right yeah. it's all about certainty sure. mm. it's all about certainty isn't it so you know, if you've got a lease expiry in two years time you know what's going to happen in the end of that lease expiry is your tenant going to stay mm. um what's the market going to do in two years time again it's uncertainty what do markets love markets love certainty mm. um yeah. So I just want to dive back in very quickly uh, yeah, sure. back into what Paul said because Paul's talking about a GDV, a gross development value. And that's different to maybe just an investment value mm. or a market value. So gross development value and Paul, you know, I'd encourage you to pick up the phone and get in touch with us um, to, to see what you're actually looking at doing here because that, that suggests to me that actually you're looking at possibly developing something, um, in which case I would apply, you know, a different method of looking at it instead of just rate of return 
in capital value, there's there's a few other things that you've got to look at. Are you are you looking to buy the site? Are you looking to actually invest into it? Um, are you looking to convert things? You know, what are your other costs in there? So in fact, actually, you know, if you're going to look at something that you're you're not just buying to get an income return, but if you're looking at something to add actually value. to add value to invest into it, then you do need to appraise it slightly differently. So it's not just a case of look at something, you know. Let's use, Lakeland. Let's use that Lakeland one then, perhaps. So we were talking okay. about you could do two apartments <coughs> above Lakeland, couldn't you? And yeah. maybe another unit out the back. So say from residentials, more our expertise, James. So say for a flat in Truro, uh, you say it'll be a one-bedroom flat in Truro, looking at, what, £700 a month? Yeah. Um, £700 for one, £700 for another. Uh, one-bedroom flat in Truro, looking at 160, 160, 150, 160,000 pounds contingently. So there you potentially got a, Two one-bedroom flats, a GDV just there at three hundred thousand potentially. Yeah. Um, very back back of the fag packet. Yeah, no, it's a good place to start. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so that's the residential element taking account. So then if we did again, well, we keep referring to the Lakeland property. I'll put a link to this property on the show notes. But this is a property that came <coughs> on the market that was my pick of the week that uh, Tom knows very well. Um, so it's in Truro, currently come on the market. Uh, Lakeland are moving out of the property, so it's a it will be purchased with vacant possession. But we're just trying to put some figures on this. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. You've done exactly the right thing. So you look at what is, you know, what is your best case scenario. You look at what is your what is your overall overall value. What what can you what is the maximum you can make out of it? And finally, you might get two flats upstairs. You might get four flats upstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where I suppose yeah, you need to look at planning. You also need to probably have a word of an architect as well mm-hmm. um, to to really understand what you could do there. And but yeah, you look at it and say fine, okay. Um, well, let, let's go. Let, let's go a bit more intense. Let's say you could get four flats up there, each for one hundred and twenty five thousand pounds. So four times one hundred and twenty five thousand pounds uh, is. 500? Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> <He's>, uh, <laughs> quick off the mask. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's in your script. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so so 500,000 500, could be for residential. Um, then you look at the ground floor. What you what could you reasonably get for that unit there on the ground floor? Um, again, look, let's pick another you know easy figure out of the sky. £30,000 mm-hmm. um, in terms of rent for the whole unit. That, I'm actually low-balling that. I think it probably is worth a lot more. But go back to my ten percent comment a minute ago, right? So let's let's gross that up by by ten percent. So thirty thousand pounds at ten percent, three hundred thousand pounds. We've got five hundred plus three hundred, eight hundred thousand pounds is possibly your gross development value. But now you've got to break it back. Now you've got to take all your costs out of there. Yep. You know, what are your costs of purchasing? What are your costs of holding it? What are your costs of actually refurbishing it and uh, planning? Uh, and planning yeah. exactly. Yeah, what fees? You know, um, you know, yeah, again, um, architect fees, solicitors fees, agents fees. All these use a um, break all these bits back as well and it's really then I suppose it's what you're left with at the end and that is your gross development value is fine you think you might have a property that you could generate £800,000 worth of value out of it but what's your cost to get to that £800,000 mm. and if your cost for getting to £800,000 is £750,000 well it's not viable is it? Yeah, it's not, it's just, um, yeah. Return on investment Totally. Essentially, isn't it? No, yeah. Brilliant. Well hopefully that helps I know that's helped and uh, will help no <coughs> doubt a lot of people in that respect so Thank you, Tom, and obviously James as well. So second question, the final question, Tom, promise, promise. This is the last one. So uh, this one's from Sandra, who actually is in Truro. And Sandra asked, just it's more of a generic one, but it looks a bit. So it's what is the commercial market like in Cornwall currently on both the sales and rental sides? Is there real demand or would you say there's not so much demand really? I guess this is going to be one of those favourite answers of it depends. I, um, <laughs> it does depend. Of course it depends. Everything depends on every on everything. But I love this question. It's, um, you know, it's one that, you know, we, you know, we answer on a on a daily, weekly basis, um, and because I'm a, I'm a bit of a property geek as well, I just love chatting about you know what is what is demand, um, supply and demand for all these things. What's the commercial market? Like I think we can also mean different things, but what's the commercial market? 
when I look at, when somebody says, you know, we work in commercial property, we probably break that down into three main categories. There's the retail, there's offices, mm -hmm. and there's industrial. Um, those, are your, those are the three sort of broad categories. And of course, there is development in there as well. Um, but, you know, so Sandra, yeah, I mean, are you asking specifically there for a retail unit? Are you looking for an office? Or are you talking about an industrial or warehouse unit or a factory? Um, and because each of those markets perform very, very differently. Um, by, you know, the largest part of the market here in Cornwall is the retail market. Um, and there's lots of about that in the press, and we'll come to that in a second. The the next part, largest part of the market is the industrial market, um, and that's been most buoyant over the last few years. Yeah. And the smallest part of the market is the office market. And, you know, one thing Cornwall doesn't have, and again, we were chatting about this just beforehand, weren't we, that, um, you know, supply of actually really good quality offices is, is a challenge um, throughout the whole of Cornwall um, that is very... It's very rare to see speculative offices being built. Um, so funny you say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've teed you up nicely, exactly. Um So uh, yeah, you've got to look at sort of what those those three different sections. And I, you know, let's let I'm gonna, I'm guessing that Sandra might be talking about the sort of the warehouse, industrial, the business units. Um, and you know, looking at that one, you know, specifically to start with, the uh, the, the market's actually been pretty resilient um, despite everything that you see in the press and we're reading at the moment and the cost of living crisis and energy and fuel problems uh, that we're having and even issues uh, such as COVID and I'm not going to mention the B word, um, but it has had the impact on supply chains and so on. But the the uh, the market is pretty good still. It is largely driven by the, the lack of supply. It's very hard to mm -hmm. supply new industrial units to the market. You've got to find the land first of all. If you've got the land, can you actually develop on it? Will the planning um, authority allow you to develop on it? You know, one of our challenges down here in Cornwall is that so much of the the well located land is uh, blighted by either historical mining features, uh, contamination, um, or yeah, you know, other environmental factors uh, that will stop it. There's plenty of science specific scientific, uh, scientific interest SSSIs down here or conservation zones, which will limit what you can and can't do in terms of development for uh, industrial units. So it's trying to find the land. Mm. That's your first challenge. Um, but if you can build on it, um, then you know there is still a pretty healthy demand out there. Mm. From it's, it's a very wide market. You know when you talk about the industrial market, it's not just about stacking it full of uh, pallets anymore. Um, it could be everything, and it starts from food and drink. And yeah, gyms as well. Gyms is a great one. I mean, you know, again, 10 years ago, who would have thought of going to an industrial estate for a gym? Yeah. Um, you know, because it was very much a town centre thing that you'd yeah. go to a gym. But actually, no, the, the explosion of CrossFit and things like that now. Uh, and warehouses offer fantastic space because they're big. They've got high ceilings. They've got big um, steel beams in there that you can hang stuff off. Um, and uh, they're well, generally more cost-effective than going for a town centre retail unit. So there is genuine demand out there for commercial premises, yes. Um, it does depend where you are. Um, you're going to find there's going to be more demand for industrial premises in, you know, along the A30, the central spine yeah. there in Cornwall, and that's, you know, Camborne, Red Ruth, Hale, down to Penzance, uh, Truro 3, Milestone, Indian Queens, Victoria, Bodmin, uh, and up to Launceston. But actually, you know, go too far north or south of that, and the market does diminish slightly. Mm, so, yeah, of course, it does, it does, does depend where you are. But, you know, the market is... Um, There's still opportunity. Well, it is, exactly. That's right. So it doesn't matter, you know, so maybe you're not on the prime sort of central spine of the A30 there where prices are highest. But actually, if you go down to, you know, a slightly more rural location, mm. well, the price just, you know, the, the price is adjusted for the location. Of course. And that appeals to a different part of the market. So, the, you know, it doesn't matter where you are. 
um, there is there is you know there, there will be a pool of tenants there for you. Um, and what I think I've found is, same with residential, it, it, there's always there's an entry level for everything, isn't there? Yeah. Like if you price something <clears throat> right, it will sell. And yeah. it's always it's and someone's going to price it. If you price it at the right place, you market it at the right place. It, you'll you'll find a buyer, you'll find a, a, a renter of it. So. I think it's just finding your level, isn't it? Finding and knowing that market research for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And again, look, you know, get in touch with us, and we can, we'll help no, you. Brilliant. Um, no, thank you very much. I think that makes a, a lot of sense. And again, it's so difficult. To, it's, it's it's quite a vague question. So, thank you for obviously diving into it in so many different spheres as well. So, I think it, yeah, I think the way you've summarised it into three elements really, and the industrial, you can see why it's it's kicking off so well. It, it's a no brainer really when you start actually looking at the the reasons. Well, look at Amazon. I mean, how crikey, what's happened there? Yeah. Yeah. I, my gym. I, I've, <coughs> I have my gym. I've got an industrial unit. Well, what's on my industrial unit already well i've got a couple of um contractors actually they use it as warehouses right. um, i've got a lot of logistics on there and it's shipping container storage all right so that's what it's i popular. know is on my first i've got a screw fix and all those yeah. as well but you do tend to find as well the business rates for a lot more attractive outer city than what they are yeah. inner city as well which is a big overhead for people setting up that type of operation totally and, and business rates is a discussion point for another time but you know you, yeah. you spend hours talking through it um, but yes, you're absolutely right, and there is, and there needs to be a further adjustment between how business rates are calculated for the high street, which is now no longer, I think, proportional to what retailers can genuinely expect to generate there, compared to industrial estates. Mm. And so it is changing, and there is a revaluation that's just going on at the moment, and you will see a bit of a rebalance, but not nearly so much as I think you know there ought to be. Yeah, sure. Um, no. Can, can I just dive in one more thing that again that, that Sandra picks up there? She says both sales and rentals, and there is a big difference in the market as well because yeah, it's easy enough to. Well, easy enough huh? <laughs> you know better than I do but uh, to develop a, a site and rent it out um, and that's one thing what there is very little of are commercial premises for sale there's very little it's very very it's very rare to actually um, you know either create something and then sell it so you're re- you're relying on businesses that have come to the end of their life or you know individuals have been running their business they decide to retire there's there's not a lot of sale property out there Um you know, there was a there was a development down in Falmouth, um, Churchview Business Park, where actually that was using some European money, and those buildings there they were all sold off and they they were snapped up. This is all pre-pandemic, uh, but you know the demand for those was incredibly high because there's so few freehold premises out there. Right. Businesses like freehold premises because there's tax advantages that you can buy through uh, purchasing through a SIP or something, uh, which is a tax efficient way for a business to to buy a premises. The business is then the tenant, and they can pay the owner um, a rent through that. And, of course, that all goes into a pension pot, mm. uh, which has tax benefits as well. So, you know, the demand for, for freehold property is actually really, really high because, it, you know, it is attractive. And there's lots of small, medium-sized businesses down here in Cornwall who, you know, looking to buy property for that so, reason. So Sandra was to come to you and say, right, Tom, just got you on the phone. I've got a property you're going to love. What would be, like, the perfect property? What do you reckon oh, I could sell that all day long? What would, what would you want her to ring you up and tell you she's got? Like, what would be the property? Um, I've got, a, I've got a, a prime location, city centre location, shop front. Like, what, that one? Or would it be an industrial unit in three miles? What would what would you want as, a, as an agent that you can know you could sell day in, day out right now? It is. It's, it's uh, industrial property, absolutely. Right. Um, it is industrial property along the A30, without doubt. Right. Um, in uh, yeah, but it could be could be Penzance, it could be could yeah, be Launceston, right, could be, yeah, exactly along there because it's easy on, easy off. Mm. Um, it's easy to get to. Uh, the The greatest market, the strongest part of the market, is in that you know a thousand to two and a half thousand square foot mark. Um, but at the same time, you know, because there's so little of it, sort of the premises of eight, nine, ten thousand, ten thousand square feet plus, 
uh, there's very little of it as well. So again, there's still quite a sort of specific there market for the, for, the, for the bigger mm-hmm. the uh, bigger units as well. So no, interesting. Yeah. Thank you. No, Thank you there much. you go, guys. You heard it here first. Get yourself some land up and down the A30 and chuck some units on it and That's give it. Tom a shout. But, uh, look, thank you ever so much. That's really, really helpful. Again, I've definitely picked up plenty from that as Big well. Big time. Tom. Yeah, so thank, um, you. thank you. Guys, and if you haven't already, you can obviously appreciate and, and hear the, the wealth of knowledge and expertise that Tom's got here. So again, please do get in touch with Tom and um, and the guys at Miller Commercial and Truro because uh, as you can see, they, they want to help and they can. Big time. Indeed. And if they do want to get in touch with you, Tom, they can do that via? Uh, best thing, get on the website, um, you know, www.miller-commercial.co.uk um, or come and find us on LinkedIn. We're all there on LinkedIn, um, the, whole, the whole team there. Indeed. And don't forget, you can do the same for us by going on to our social media platforms, such as Facebook, Instagram, and of course, as many as you do, drop us an email on podcast at cl-property.com and we will do our very best to uh, get you some more juicy answers. And thank you again, Tom. It's been great having you on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Guys, it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me.